0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast may be triggering and don't necessarily reflect the views of myself or Blue Matter Project. Please note that I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor, and all opinions of our guests are for informational purposes and should not be considered medical advice. For any questions about your own health, please consult a medical professional. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Mindful Matters Podcast. I'm Elaine Clark. I am so fascinated with the neuroscience research that shows trauma results in a fundamental reorganization of the way the mind, the body, and the brain manage perceptions. And this is the inspiration for today's episode with my guest, Adriana Montero. Before we jump into our conversation today, let me tell you a little bit more about her. Her. Adriana is a physiotherapist working at IRP Health, which is currently the only multidisciplinary pain management clinic in Canada catering exclusively to military veterans, RCMP, and first responders. She's the principal investigator in a current research study looking at the benefits of a physiotherapy-assisted exercise program on symptoms of PTSD and chronic pain. She incorporates aspects of yoga into her interactions with clients, along with trauma-informed care principles. Uh, Adriana is very specialized in the work that she does, and this episode is really interesting. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Let's welcome Adriana on the show. Adriana, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, I want to jump right in. I want to give the listener a sense of who you are and talk a bit about you know how you navigated towards this path of supporting veterans and RCMP with programs for chronic pain. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about you and your journey.
1: Yeah, so I actually kind of stumbled into this opportunity, and I'm really happy that I did. Um, I went to school to be a physiotherapist, and I was working for a few years in a private clinic, and I was just feeling a little bit burnt out um, seeing, you know, 10 to 15 people a day, not having a lot of time with clients, and yeah, I was just looking for a bit of a different opportunity, and one of my co-workers mentioned her friend having this company, and so I chatted with him, and... He mentioned that they were starting to work with veterans and working with physio programs and chronic pain, and that eventually led to what is IRP Health Today, which is, I believe, the only uh, physical kind of rehab facility in Canada that caters exclusively to military veterans and RCMP. And so now Mm -hmm. we only run these kind of chronic pain programs, these physio exercise programs, and... Yeah, I always knew I was interested in chronic pain, and I just thought it was a great opportunity. And I'm honestly so happy that I did start working uh, with this community. I feel like I've learned a lot about both physical and mental health, and just learning how to use um, a biopsychosocial lens to treatment and being trauma informed and all those things that I think
0: everyone should use in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk a bit about, you know, a lot of those different topics there. Uh, just as a side note, you know, I'm really curious, was there any kind of personal experience with chronic pain or did it, was there somebody personally in your life that had chronic pain that maybe got you initially interested in this field?
1: My mother actually does have multiple sclerosis. So I mm-hmm. was definitely familiar with kind of chronic illness and for sure chronic pain that comes along with that. So yeah, that definitely was in the back of my mind when I started working with this population. Um, mm-hmm. I was a competitive gymnast growing up, and so I definitely have had my fair share of injuries as well, um, as I'm sure kind of most athletes can relate to. But um, yeah, that's probably the biggest things that made me interested in chronic pain.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. I was also a competitive gymnast as well. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> yeah, so it, I think that's what that's definitely got me interested in this field of body work and understanding the body and you know body healing and how that relates to mental health. It's really interesting mm-hmm. to look back on the journey. But um, anyways, we're going to talk about how to support veterans and RCMP in a moment. Um, But I think it's really important that we give some context to the listener about PTSD. Can you give us an understanding of what PTSD is and maybe some of the symptoms that are experienced?
1: Yeah. So hopefully, you know, I do this justice to all the mental health care providers since I am a physio, but From my understanding, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD is something that can occur after you have experienced trauma. So that could be being exposed to um, threatened death or serious injury. Um, either directly experiencing that yourself or witnessing someone experience that, or it can honestly happen indirectly. So you can just hear about someone experiencing these things that you're really close to. Um, I know as well for the first responder population, there's the experiences of being repeatedly exposed to indirect kind of traumatic experiences. So this could be RCMP members who are going to scenes where there is abuse or there is neglect or going to scenes where there is bodies that they're having to deal with. So all those types of things and other types of trauma can lead to post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. And not everyone who has experienced trauma will end up having PTSD.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a really kind of widely acclaimed and, and referenced book, which, you know, we talked about off camera was uh, The Body Keeps the Score. I, I have the audiobook, I love it. I always return to it. And I feel that this book has really fundamentally changed the conversation of trauma healing. With reference to you know this book and the work that you do, what would you say is foundational for healing PTSD and trauma responses? Like, How does someone with trauma begin this healing journey?
1: Yeah, I also love that book. I've read it a few times. I really like how the book dives into how, I mean, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. So it really dives into how trauma can be stored in the body. And I mean, from my experiences as a physio as well, I think a lot of people who have chronic pain and the people I work with typically have chronic pain as well as potentially PTSD or they've been through some sort of traumatic experience. And so for me, um, you know, I'm not directly working with trauma, but that always does come up when I'm working with pain. And so because I'm a physical practitioner and just as they talk about in the book, I think, you know, starting with the fundamentals of breathing is something that can be really great for people and uh, mm-hmm. something that's accessible to anyone, which is amazing. Right. We all have breath that we can use. And so that's something that I really focus on in my practice is really getting people to start to just notice their breath and start to focus on you know, do you notice that your breathing is really shallow? Can you get a deeper breath? Do you notice that maybe in those states where you're feeling a little bit more anxious or more stressed or you have more pain, can you notice where that breath is in your body? And oftentimes people will start to recognize, yeah, like I notice it's more in my chest or I feel really tight or I'm not able to get those deeper breaths. And so just starting to focus on using those deeper breaths, trying to get your breath into the belly, into the side body, into the back body. Um, And that in itself can really help activate our parasympathetic nervous system, so that rest and digest system, as opposed to our sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight system, which is typically involved when we are kind of in that heightened state or in that trauma state, we can often kind of be stuck in that fight or flight system Um, or as well with chronic pain, that system can be activated a lot quicker. And so, we want to try and focus on getting people down into that rest and digest system. So, breathing for sure is a really big thing. And along with that is mindfulness. So, just noticing what you're feeling in your body, noticing, you know, when I'm anxious, what is going on in my body, when I'm maybe feeling more sad or depressed, what is going on, when I'm perhaps reminded of that experience, what's going on in my body. Um, and just learning how to recognize that and not really judge it. Um, noticing, Yeah, when i have more pain what does that feel like and what else is going on and just kind of observing those things without judgment are kind of big things i focus on and and once again you know not everyone that's not going to be useful for everyone some people who have experienced trauma it can be really hard to focus in on the body or they may need you know help from a mental health care provider to help them with that experience for sure
0: right Yeah. yeah and i i think the the pacing is really important as well you know, when the pacing is too fast, uh, people can kind of get you know blown out or flooded or overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this idea of titration, which is actually coined by Peter Levine and his contribution to the literature on somatic experiencing. And it's kind of like it's kind of like a chemistry term, titration, where you know, you add a little bit of an acid and a base like vinegar and baking soda. Uh, if you add them all together at once, you can get an explosion. But if you just take mm-hmm. a few drops at a time, it'll fizzle up and settle down. And then, you you know, a few more drops again, it fizzles up and settles down. And I think that's what we want to do when we're working with the body. Uh, we want to turn towards the distress of the body and like little bits at a time combined with awareness and sensation so that we can properly integrate it. I, I'm so curious in your experience, you know, have you seen this sort of sense of overwhelm? Does that come up quite frequently with your clients?
1: That has come up a few times. I mean, as you're saying, that tri- titration is something that we do really focus on. Um, mm-hmm. That's also something with chronic pain you really want to focus on because if you're moving too quickly into something your body is going to sense that danger and it's going to kind of turn on that alarm system very similarly to if you've experienced trauma that alarm system can come on as well so we really really do take things very slow and allow people to you know really do things that make them feel safe first before we move on to something else so I mean, luckily for me, those experiences don't come on too often. And when they do, um, the people that I work with are actually really great at having their own things that they do that makes them feel really safe, that calms them down, um, whether or not that sometimes people will phone a friend if that happens here or their phone, their significant other, just to kind of talk it out with them for a little bit. Sometimes they'll just get up and kind of walk around, maybe take a second outside uh, just to kind of calm down their nervous system. Uh, do some stretches, little things like that. They'll kind of go back to whatever
0: feels safe for them before we move on to something else. Right. What would you say are some best practices or specific movement practices that are really supportive for chronic pain? Yeah. I mean, to be honest,
1: a lot of research shows that whatever is going to feel good to you is really kind of the best practice. So for me, um, I really do like yoga. I think there is a lot of research to back up yoga also for trauma as well as for chronic pain and for a lot of other things. Um, So that's something that, you know, I often encourage people to do with yoga. It does connect you back to your breath as well. um, And it does use those aspects of mindfulness. So that can be really great to incorporate that, especially, you know, if it's being led by a trauma-informed instructor, that as well can be really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, honestly, whatever is going to feel good for the person. So for some people, that's going for a walk. For some people, that's stretching. For some people, that's lifting weights, as long as it feels safe for them. Really, we just want to focus on those movements that are going to bring people back into that safety response. I know what to expect. I know this often feels good for me. Let's kind of stick to that first before we jump into something different.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think this is a really good example of a uh, you know, chronic illness, I think is an, a great example of a biopsychosocial illness. Um, and I'd love to spend some time talking about the biopsychosocial model. Um, why do you think it's so important and, and how do you incorporate this model in your practice? Uh, I find this to be really interesting, you know, the, the biology, the psychology and the social factors and how all of these things together combined can create health disorders and, um, you know, can result in, uh, chronic pain. So let's talk a little bit about that. I feel like we feel like we could dig into this topic.
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, the biopsychosocial model, I think is an excellent model to use with care. Just as you said, uh, a lot of chronic pain, a lot of illnesses are not just one aspect there's going to be multiple aspects to them so as you mentioned um the biopsychosocial model kind of has three aspects to it so bio meaning the body so as a physio myself i am looking at you know what in your body could be contributing to your experience is it muscles is it ligaments bones joints there's lots of different things in our body that can contribute to what we're feeling As well as the psychological aspects so looking at you know our mind what are our thoughts what are our beliefs are we feeling a little bit more anxious are we feeling a little bit more sad all those different things can contribute to that pain experience and of course if someone has you know experienced trauma those thoughts can also contribute to the pain experience as well And then looking at the social aspects. So that can be more of, you know, what's the environment you grew up in? What is the environment you're in now? Uh, What is your friend group like or your family? Do you have that support from other people around you? Um, It could be about your finances. Do you have the financial means to, you know, support yourself as well? Looking at your work, are you working? Do you have kids at home? Do you have pets at home? All those different things that are really your kind of external environment. And so we know that when we're looking at something like chronic pain, it's not just about tissue damage. It's not just about what's going on in our body. Our pain experience is going to be from all of these different things in our life that are really contributing to that kind of fight or flight system that we talked about, those danger signals that might be going off more often and you know, these other things can be contributing to that. And so in my practice, at least, you know, when someone comes in and they're having a day where they have a lot more pain, um, maybe they come in and they're saying, you know, this week the pain is so bad, I can barely move. I don't know what happened. I didn't do anything different this week. Um, that's a really good opportunity to use that biopsychosocial lens and dive into it a little more and think, okay, so what's you know going on in your mind this week? Have you been maybe thinking about your trauma a little more having more of those flashbacks Um, has something else happened that's added some stress to your life perhaps something's happened with your family Um, obviously you know in covid that was a really big thing people have that kind of stressing them out a little bit more and then looking at the social aspects as well did anything you know change in your community maybe there's more stress with your finances this week and letting people kind of learn to recognize that all those different things can contribute to the pain experience that they're having and so it's not just that you know bio it's not just about the body we really do have to look at everything in order to kind of treat chronic pain.
0: Yeah it's really changed the way that I I see illness and you know I think even the COVID pandemic is a real great example of you know the biopsychosocial uh, approach and, and how some people you know, some people got COVID, some people got long COVID, and so many different people responded differently to, you know, to the virus. So, it's it's really interesting. I feel like it's a really important reframe um, to illness and and in recovery. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, how important do you think so, socialization and shared experiences are in the recovery process and and in healing?
1: Yeah, for me I think they can be extremely important. I think they can be very uplifting and very useful for people. I think, you know, what I've seen in our programs, we run programs with up to 4 people, so they're very small groups and everyone in the program is either a military veteran or an RCMP. So you know on some aspect that you have some shared experiences, that you've lived some things that, you know, me as a civilian, I've never been through those types of experiences. I can't relate to you on that level. And so, you know, oftentimes I see in the first two to three weeks, people are a little bit Um, hesitant to kind of open up to talk about things. They might be feeling a bit of anxiety being around new people or it's a new space. They may not be quite feeling safe enough to share. And then usually after that two to three week mark, um, you really start to notice people opening up and sharing their experiences. And people always comment on how you know, great it is to be able to have this environment where they feel safe to come in, where they know who's going to be there over the twelve weeks, where they can kind of share their experiences about their pain and about their time um, in their jobs as well, and knowing that the people that they're with have lived that experience and they can kind of relate to them and, and talk about it with them. So, I definitely see it in my work that it can be extremely healing, and I know as well in mental health there is a lot of group environments that you can go to, kind of group therapy and work with people who have share the same experiences as you so that you can, you know, discuss it and, and relate to them as well. And I think healing in general, when you have a good community around you, even if it is people who haven't lived the same experience as you, if you have, you know, really supportive friends or family that just kind of listens to you, that can be really healing as well.
0: Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the 12-week program, which, mm-hmm. you know, you've created a Yoga Foundations program. Um, and you know i'd love if you can talk to us about this program but also tell us why 12 weeks like did you did you specifically pick 12 weeks because you noticed recovery in that time frame tell us a little bit more about that
1: Yeah, so 12 weeks for sure definitely seems like a a good amount of time, at least from what we've experienced, where you're starting to solidify some change in the things that you're learning. So you're starting to really understand perhaps that biopsychosocial model or that lots of things are contributing to your pain or you're seeing some strength changes and some mobility changes. That kind of three month period is enough time to see changes, but it's also not a really long commitment in case you have other stuff going on. Um, So that's kind of where the 12 weeks come from. And yeah, with the Yoga Foundations program, it is basically something that you can kind of do at your own pace, really focusing on these kind of chronic pain aspects or taking things slower and using that trauma informed approach um, to just try and dive into
0: yoga at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. You know, I follow you on social media and I encourage our listeners to also head over to your Instagram page and and stay up to date on some of the uh, amazing posts that you put out. Uh, you know, I know you post a lot about the, the program as well. Um, before we wrap today, Adriana, I, I want to talk about the integrative rehab and performance health. Um, this is interesting to me that it's currently the only multidisciplinary pain management clinic in canada that exclusively supports military veterans rcmp and first responders so tell us a bit about your involvement with irp health and uh, tell us a little bit more about this yeah
1: yeah so i am the physiotherapist and kind of operations manager working out of the victoria location so we have a location in victoria Comox, surrey and ottawa right now And as you mentioned, we run multidisciplinary pain programs. So that's working with occupational therapists, myself as a physio or another physio on the team. You get exercise therapy, whether that's with a kinesiologist or athletic therapist, um, dietitian consults, and there's also a doctor and psychologist. So really this kind of holistic approach to looking at the pain experience and what we can do to help heal that pain experience a lot of the time is spent doing active rehab because movement can be really healing and really helpful um and uh, besides that pain program we also run just physio exercise programs or for people who perhaps have um PTSD that maybe it's a little bit harder for them to leave the house. We offer a transition program. So that's occupational therapy and physiotherapy. uh, That's a little bit slower paced and and less time as well, less time leaving the house. So that can be really helpful for people who
0: aren't as comfortable leaving the house. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, somebody need a doctor referral to uh, to be a part of this clinic.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely unfortunately not available to everyone. So you have to be medically released from the military to do it if you're a veteran. Um, And you also need a case manager as well. And then yes, so typically doctors refer or psychologists can refer as well. So I wish that it was available to everyone, but there is definitely specific criteria and we are more than happy to answer questions for any um, veterans or RCMP who are interested in the program. RCMP, it's a little slightly different. Typically, they get referred in um, actively from the RCMP.
0: Right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Adriana, for for coming on the show and talking to us about this, you know, very specialized path that you've been on Uh, for any of our listeners that want to connect with you and some of the content that you're putting out. What is the best way that they can find you?
1: Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. So it's at Adriana Physio on Instagram. And then if there are any veterans or RCMP interested in our programs, they can find them at IRPHealth.ca.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. We're going to have links in the show notes for, uh, for those, you know, places where our listeners can find you and as well as the IRP health. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate having this conversation with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you'll join us next time. Mindful Matters is written, hosted, and recorded by me, Elaine Clark. Special thanks to Karen Zorzi, our editor, Tawny Stoiber for the artwork, and our theme music by Bellwoods. If you can, please leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and we really appreciate it. Let's keep these conversations going over at Blue Matter Project. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.